This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. You're taking a trip this summer? Just in time for the busy summer travel season, Transport Minister Mark Garneau announced that the new Passenger Bill of Rights, or at least part of it, will kick in on July 15th. It's my wedding anniversary, by the way. The new rules requiring airlines to provide help and compensation to passengers who are stuck on the tarmac for hours in the past. Sometimes they had nothing to eat, no water. Sometimes they couldn't go to the bathroom. They also require airlines to pay up to $2,400 for anyone denied boarding in situations that are within an airline's control. That, of course, is about overbooking and up to $2,100 for lost or damaged luggage. What do you think? The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now we are going to Gabor Lukacs of airpassengerrights.ca, and uh, he's on a trip of his own. He's on the line from Hungary. Hi there. Good afternoon. So, Gabor, what is your reaction to this? I'm profoundly disappointed by the government's uh, new rate rules because they reduce the protection afforded to Canadian travelers in a number of ways. When you think of what happens with respect to being stranded on a tarmac, the Canadian standard had been since 2008, 90 minutes. After 90 minutes, you are supposed to be let off. The airline is supposed to let you off. Now the government is allowing airlines to keep you on the tarmac for three hours and 45 minutes. Wow. When, when we talk about compensation, the amounts are quite bombastic and generous, but the government doesn't talk about the fine print, the exceptions. The conditions are phrased in such a stringent way that it is impossible to meet the conditions of eligibility to compensation. So in practice, passengers will not get a dime. Uh, Let me ask you about staying on the tarmac. Aren't things going to be in place so that at least if they're on the tarmac, there has to be food and water and access to a washroom? That is going to be in the regulations, indeed. The question is what happens when those rules are not being abided by what happens, you know, the, the right to get off a plane, that's an easily enforceable right. That's something that if push comes to shove, the police can enforce. They can board a plane and let people off because people are being confined on aircraft against their will. But if the washroom doesn't work on a plane, it just stops working. What do, what do you actually do to the airline? The airline says, we tried, unfortunately, the washroom broke. You will still be there without a washroom, whether you like it or not. So all these nice words about those Theoretical rights are not practically enforceable. Only the right to go back to the tarmac is is the kind of hard enforceable right. Okay, what about the $2,400 for anyone denied boarding in situations of within the airline's control? So the, this is their practice of overbooking. They all do it in order to maximize their revenue. And usually they start by saying, is there anybody who wants to volunteer? Uh, but if there isn't, they'll throw you off the plane. 
The question is, how do you define denied boarding and how do you understand the fine print? Airlines have in the past used various tricks to avoid paying denied boarding compensation. For example, by moving passengers to a different flight in advance without a passenger's consent. Or by just closing the check-in counter early, well before the cutoff time. Or just not having enough people at the check-in counter so some passengers just are not able to check in because they are understaffed. In all these cases, passengers will not see a dime because the way the government wrote the regulations and the way they define what denied boarding is, is that you, the passenger, will have to prove that the reason that you didn't get in the plane was that the plane was overbooked. Now, you tell me how you are going to check that the plane was overbooked. Well, um, you can usually tell uh, when you're sitting at the gate. I mean, it, it's pretty if, easy if to tell. announcement. If they make an announcement, but what if what if simply they don't make an announcement, but you show up at the airport and you find the check-in counter closed, even though you, you are there 80 minutes before the, the scheduled departure time? Well, they, I mean, there are other ways. Often they're calling the names of people who can get on or get off. But uh, that's at the gate. What happens if you don't even make it to the gate because they understaff their check-in counter or because they just, it happened to passengers, you may check in happened in a number of years ago, well-published case. Passengers showed up at the airport you know, about 75 or 80 minutes before the, public, the official cutoff, and they just found the check-in counter closed. It happens to people not as frequently as one is afraid of, but it, it's not unheard of. We have received a number of complaints of that nature. So how do you deal with a situation like that? It, or another case which is also well-published, when the airline simply moved the passenger to a different flight before the flight, several days before the flight. So there's nobody at the airport there, the gate, witnessing the overbooking, but the airline sees in advance and they just shift people to a different flight. How, how are you going to prove that the reason that that happened was because the flight was overbooked? Uh, Gabor, I'm just going to give the numbers out again, and I would like to hear from people who've had these experiences either uh, you know, being, uh, being denied, uh, boarding on a plane because it's overbooked or maybe lost or damaged luggage and then try to get compensation for that. You know, I, uh, on a couple of occasions decided, you know what? It's just too much of a hassle. I'm going to eat the cost of, of the banged up piece of luggage or whatever it was. So the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'd like to hear some of your, you know, horror stories or just maybe not quite horror stories, but bad experiences when you were going off on a holiday or a business trip, you were made to sit on the tarmac or you were, you couldn't get on the plane. Um, or they, uh, damaged or lost your bags. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And do these new rules, uh, make you feel good about this? Or as Gabor, do you think that they're written in such a way that they aren't going to do anyone any good? Uh, there are also some rules that to people, that the airlines have more time. 
And uh, that is the requirement to seat parents beside or near their children with no extra cost. Uh, which, which, which is another interesting thing that the government is talking about it because this uh, rule actually dates back to 2014, where uh, it was challenged before the Canadian Transportation Agency and Air Canada and WegJet and Air Transit and Sunwing were all ordered to implement such a policy. So um, this is another example of the government essentially re-gifting passengers' rights they already have. In this case, they are, don't think they are doing much harm. Of course, we do want kids to be sitting next to parents. Although when you look at the fine print, a number of cases that children don't necessarily have to sit right next to the parent, but there can be one person between the kid and the parent which I think is quite questionable. So um, the... I wouldn't the, want to be that person. <laughs> I can tell you that. I'd switch seats pretty quickly. I, I, I can quite feel for you for that in some cases. Um, but this is what you see as the government media strategy. They are portraying things that have already been in the books, for example, with respect to baggage rules. That's a good example. The Montreal Convention has been on the books since uh, 2003. It's been part of the Cage by Iraq. Now they are somehow touting it as bestowing new rights on the passengers. So overall, the government is either re-gifting existing rights or they're actually reducing the protections available to passengers. Now, one thing that I found when it comes to overbooking is basically if you don't pay extra to buy a seat – you are in danger of uh, being the victim of overbooking. That's uh, incorrect. And that's, if, that's, if you do... That's, 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 that's a urban legend. That, there's no basis for that. Uh, even, if, even if you have a seat selection, it doesn't mean that that seat won't be taken away from you if there is someone who, uh, for, for whom there is a higher priority in terms of being bumped on a flight. What matters is, you know, when, when you check in, that could be a consideration. Um, and... Um, the, the, that, that's actually something that, that airlines spread to be able to get additional funds from people who will, out of fear of being bumped, will pay for their seats. Well, um, I've seen, okay, and from the other side, that people who don't have theirs, I think you're probably uh, less likely, I would say. I, I don't think there's any basis for that. Uh, airlines have been shifting people, even on the plane, who have a, a booked a specific seat. And the only thing the airline will have to do is refund your uh, your seat selection fee. So from the airline's perspective, there is no reason for them to, to select you over someone else. Uh, what matters is, of course, if you're in business class or first class, then you, you are way less likely to be bumped. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I, I'm very, very skeptical about it. It would be, of course, very nice to see what the official policy on this is, what are the, the priorities. But normally, the, when, if, if, if a flight is overbooked, uh, they are supposed to call for volunteers. So the question is what happens when there aren't volunteers and who is going to be bumped first? Okay. They have to look at the boarding priorities. Uh, if you fall in the priority group, for example, a person with disabilities, you cannot be bumped in any event. Uh, but I, I, I would be very, very hesitant to to pre-book a seat just out of fear of, of being bumped. I personally, I can tell you, I never pre-select a seat. Okay, let's take a quick call from Barbara in Little Britain. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Deb. Libby, how are you? Fine. Um, my husband and I just returned on uh, Thursday from overseas, and we ran into that. We had pre-booked everything three months ago. 
And when we hit Amsterdam, we were told at the time to get uh, a, what they call a city hopper from Amsterdam to Bremen. We were told that they were overbooked, but we got onto that. Coming home, we had the same thing. We were told we were on standby. They were overbooked, and I explained that we needed to get to Amsterdam in order to catch a connecting flight to Toronto at 3 p.m. that afternoon. And their only comment was, "Very, very sorry, we can't help you, ma'am." And uh, we. What airline was that? That was it's through KLM. It's a subsidiary of them. Okay, yeah, I I don't know, and this uh, they they're not Canadian, obviously. No, they're not. This is international. Actually, in Europe, they have much better protection. In Europe, they have the gold standard of, of passenger rights. I'm not sure what exactly happened in this case. I'm wondering, was it were the two flights booked on the same ticket or different tickets? They were different tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, because airlines, if if you have uh, tickets booked on uh, flights booked on different tickets, they don't have the obligation to rebook you. Although, if you are delayed as a result of their actions, they are still liable for the damages. Yes. So airlines love to say that because they are booked on different tickets, we are not responsible for it. That's not true. It's typical but, airline misinformation. Barbara, you got uh, you got home okay. We got home okay. After it cost us an extra twenty six hundred dollars. Oh my to get goodness! Here. Yeah, and right now we're having an argument. We're trying to get re- uh, compensated for it, and everyone where I call is the same thing. They say they're terribly sorry. We'll switch you to another department. This is not my department. And then they hang up on me. And you know what? Um, I'm uh, sorry, people. We're running out of time on this. Barbara, I'm going to want to uh, follow up with you if uh, you can leave us some uh, contact info and Gabor as well. But uh, so we're seeing that even the gold standard is not so golden. Thank you both. Thank you to Barbara and Little Britain. Thank you to Gabor Lukacs from airpassengerrights.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.